The Those Guys with Ships show is brought to you by Engine. Create your free community website at enjin.com. Today, <laughs> I'm tired over here. Oh. Today is August first, twenty nine forty six. Um, we are those guys with ships, and this is episode number one twenty one of our show. This is the Those Guys with Ships show, our gaming community podcast, in which we discuss all the things a gaming community discusses. Guys, how are we doing? Spectacularific. I ain't afraid no ghost. Toasty. <laughs> All right. Well, before we uh, we get to that, Ace, uh, did anybody else see Star Trek Beyond yet? I did. I did. Ooh, 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 ooh. I did. Okay. I, I heard. Mark? I, I had a, several friends that went and saw it. Uh, so I kind of got a, kind of a lowdown, but I'm interested to see what you guys think compared to what they think. Because, you know, you get friends that are very good at, you, you kind of agree with typically with their with their assessments of things. So I'm curious to see how, how they did on this one, too. All right, well, I, I think we can do... Uh, Jimmy, let's do this uh, spoiler-free. Yes, I think um, we could do spoiler-free. Okay. So I, I went and I saw it at the IMAX, um, and woo, talk about your dragonfly swarm, huh, Jimmy? <laughs> I, thought, um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was the best of this series of movies. I thought this was the mm-hmm. best, the most Star Trek-y of, these, of this particular reboot. Of this fran- version of the franchise. Might you say this generation of Star Trek? <laughs> ah, I would say yes. Mm. This generation of Star Trek. The current generation. Not the next generation. Or the past generation. But the current generation. Thanks, Shatner. Mm. Um, well, a- apart from the trailers, I had mostly avoided uh, information about the movie. Yeah, um, I did. I yeah, did I'm not even sure what it's about. One of the... Well, this is a spoiler-free Review, so you're not likely to learn too much, Ace. Um, one of the uh, fellows over on the INN podcast spoke briefly about it, and he said he really liked it, so I, I was excited. Um, he, um, I think he sort of a- agreed with you, Jimmy. He said uh, you know, the best of, of, the, uh, of the current uh, lot, and uh, for sure, and potentially uh, best of all time. Um, I, I like the movie overall. Um, the first two-thirds of the movie were great. Uh, the pacing was frantic, but well-measured. Uh, the story moved along, although we really didn't know why what was happening was happening. Uh, but then it sort of fell apart for me at the end. Um, I felt like uh, several of the things didn't add up very well. Um, I didn't feel like what was happening made plot sense necessarily. I, I, would, um, I wouldn't disagree with th- that. The third act was a little bit, um, a little bit all over the shop. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, one spoiler that I, I, I not, it's not even a spoiler, but one spoiler that I heard ahead of time, I thought it was a spoiler, was that Crawl, who is the, the, the main bad guy, that he was a Gorn 
And uh, I don't know if you guys remember back from the original, I think it was actually, was it the pilot episode or the second episode, where Kirk had to battle a Gorn. Shirtless, I, got, I think I remember. I got so excited that they were going total old school um, and uh, and uh, pulling a Gorn into it. Um, because, you know, the they're, they're such a... Um, an, an archetypal um, species in the franchise, um, but uh, alas, he crawl is not a Gorn. So it wasn't the Gorn. Um, isn't that the uh, isn't that the the giant lizard guy? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. I just want to make sure I was right. Okay, keep keep going. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So interesting side note. Uh, rumor rumor has it that the first iteration of this script was an absolute disaster um, hmm. and uh, just a complete and total just that the studio was incredibly unhappy with it and they brought Simon Pegg in and basically said you know here's five weeks or four weeks rewrite the entire script and oh by the way we already have set pieces built so you need to incorporate them into the movie too it's like Mad Libs yeah pretty much and like you know he had virtually no time to to do a rewrite so going into the movie with, with that understanding um, I still think, and I agree with you. I think that the not necessarily the third act, but the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the end of the of the story, not the end of the movie, but the end of the story, um, right. did seem a, a little chaotic and a little off kilter. But from from top to bottom, I would say that this hands down was the best Star Trek movie in the new series, hands hmm. down. Interesting. Um, I, I wouldn't one. say I wouldn't say it's the best of all all time because. Wrath of Khan is is my personal favorite, even though it's cheesy and campy. It's still my personal favorite. The original Wrath of Khan. Man, for me, Kate it's Voyage Home. Bodies. And um, well, and then the other one for me is um, uh, the Next Generation uh, First Contact. As a First yep. Contact, yeah, that was a good one. Nemesis, yeah. worst one ever. I yeah. felt literally. Yeah. Totally. See, someone, someone, one of my, one of my friends that had seen this new one said, "Well, you know, I mean, it was kind of like Nemesis," and I was like, "Uh, really? Oh, no. Like, because Nemesis me, was literally Floyd. like I could have, I, I, I literally watched the movie, and I mean, I love me some Star Trek, I love Star Wars. I'm, I'm you know, I'm non-denominational, but I'm to tell yeah. you, <laughs> same here. Same what here. I am not is bad. Is 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 in for bad movies. That one was just, I just didn't go anywhere. Oh my god! Yeah, that was, not and then it ended, and film. I was like, "What just happened here? Did I watch a movie? Was this a commercial?" And I think that was one of the ones where they played, where they, they gave the entire movie away. I hate when they in do the, that trailer. the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate when they do Which that. incidentally, like, not, all right, don't need to, don't need to see the movie now. Incidentally, not to get off topic, but to get off topic for a second, I went and saw the latest Bourne movie this weekend. I heard, that, I heard that was a disaster. That was if you're watching, if you want to watch an action movie with no, uh, hmm, how no, to say no this plot, no point, basically no direction, with not a whole lot of plot. <laughs> okay, basically, but good action. It's worth seeing. I mean, it's fun. To, you know, lots of car chases. You know, I'm mean, had like a ten minute car chase at one point. I mean, you know, that type of thing. And you're sitting there thinking, this is two like two hours and fifteen minutes of this. So. But you know, I mean, you know, Matt Damon does a good job. The, does he turn in a workmanlike performance? Uh, no, he, you know, he didn't. He didn't. You know, he didn't. He didn't phone it in. Okay, he did a good job with it. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it was an action movie. If you just take it as an action movie, you're fine. If you're expecting some kind of hallmark of cinema uh, for the 2016 movie-going season, 
it would not be it. Go that see would something be, else, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But I went and saw with, with a buddy who was also a Marine, but is not at all interested in sci-fi, so I had no chance in that. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, that we got to go see a movie. Um, however, I will put Star War, or Star Wars, Star Trek back on my movie-going list at this point, I think. I think yeah, you guys have convinced I, me at least of see seeing it. it. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely worth seeing it. Um, so yeah. without any spoilers, Ace, what did you think of uh, Ghostbusters? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, it, it does have some issues with uh, the plot being kind of cookie cutter, uh, but the jokes were funny, uh, and there are definitely some parts of it that I laughed. The one thing that I did notice that I that took me out of it, the rest of it I didn't really mind so much. One thing I realized that took me out of it was the sort of fetishization of technology in the movie that seemed really out of place. In the previous films, they just sort of cobbled the the proton packs together and were like, all right, well, this should work in theory. Let's give it a try. And and there's the whole thing about, like, well, it could also kill us in the process, but, you know, it should capture these ghosts. Whereas um, in uh, the new one, they go to the well uh, uh, a little bit much about, like, and here's this new thing I developed, and here's this new thing I developed, and check out what this does. And there's a they whole did, sequence yeah. in the film. They oh, did really? kind of rush They did kind of rush to the, hey, look at all of the new toys. Right. Um, and, and then... And I, I look at some of those and I was like, that is clearly designed to be like, this is a kids. neat toy that we can yeah. make for kids. Um, there are a couple, especially like the, the ghost like shredder. I'm like, why would, how does that uh, again, You're getting close to spoilers. You're getting close there. to spoilers, yeah. Um, okay. Let's, you and I need to talk offline about the, um, the one technical aspect, and I mean technical as in the Ghostbusters tools, the uh, one technical thing that was in line through the first and second act and then they just threw it right out the window on the third act. Right. So. Right. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Otherwise, otherwise I really fun. enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 I agree. All right. Well, um, let's bring it back to uh, the Star Citizen here and um, how I'm going to do that is I'm going to say that Star Citizen is the third leg in the trifecta that will come to define our age. That is mm-hmm. a bold statement, sir. Interesting. Okay. If you take the words Wars, Star Wars, Trek, Star Trek, Citizen, Star Citizen, you put them in a blender on pulse for exactly 42 seconds, you get Retrace Whiz Stink. Oh, Oh, perfect. Our mission, to boldly retrace Whiz Stink. Oh my! Wow. I have no words. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. <sighs> Dragonflies? Oh man, Dragonflies! I, I, you know, I, I gotta say that's a pretty bold statement considering that Star Citizen has yet to put out a major product yet. Well, have you been have you been following all of the uh, info that's been coming out the last week or so? Oh, oh I definitely have. Okay, but talk I'm, to me but real I'm, quick. I'm, yeah, not to get off. I'm just topic saying you're again, but. <laughs> We're talking about we're talking part. about Star Citizen, gentlemen, and we're only ten minutes in, so let's you, you, let's delve so in for a second. Mark, you know <laughs> you know that Star Marine is coming out in uh, two point six, right? I does, I does know this. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> you're putting Star Wars and Star uh, Trek against Star Citizen. That's that's a pretty bold. Uh, well, two pair of pretty pretty high pedigrees. Look, that, look at it. Look at it this way. A lot way, of work though. to cut out for it. Look at it this way, though. The the first Star Trek, the first iteration of Star Trek, the TV series, was groundbreaking for its time. First interracial kiss, 
uh, first interracial crew. Um, they tackled subject matter that was very taboo back then. So, groundbreaking. The first Star Wars movie, A New Hope. Groundbreaking. First, uh, first time that, you've had, that you had quick-paced uh, space combat. Um, it was special effects taken to a whole other level, right? See where I'm going like with this? It and Jaws revolutionized the summer blockbuster. Well, it was, it was the first blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. You know, everyone will agree on that. Which may have either damned movies for all time or been, you know, wonderful. You know, whatever you want to take, <laughs> I guess. And minutes. now, mm-hmm. and now we have Star Citizen, a a open world sandbox space simulator that has zero load screens. Um, you know, planet to space. Uh, you know, landing and taking off. Uh, first-person shooter, character customization, a level of fidelity that we have never seen in an MMO-style video game before, and basically, if everything that they are showing us and everything that they have been talking about comes to complete fruition in, let's say, two years between between all of the things that need to be developed and come out for Star Citizen proper and Squadron Forty Two, we're looking at we're, we are looking at the new gold standard in an an MMO, a, a PC based MMO. It will be a new standard. I will say Winning. this: I, I don't see that quite yet, and maybe I'm just more conservative than you. But a lot of those things have not appeared yet, and they will. I'm hoping that they will appear at some point in the future, but they have not appeared yet. And that's basically just I look at Star Trek and Star Wars, and I see them as such cultural titans. But here's what I will say for Star Citizen: what it has definitively done at this point is set a new method of funding for games. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, think, you, I think if you hit the right nerve, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I think more than anything, it has proven that crowdfunding as a gaming possibility is not just uh, uh, viable, but can be wildly successful. Well, I think. Um, well, I, well, guys, 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 guys. I mean, it was a throw a throwaway line just so I could say retrace Wizstink. <laughs> Listen, well, now we don't have a, about it, and yeah, you have to we don't have consequences. Right, we don't have a lot to talk about <laughs> in this show, so let us roll. <laughs> All right. Well, I got I got more here, so come back soon. Okay. okay. Well, so so here's another thing to consider. Um, you know, and and I totally get where you're coming from, Ace, because the proof is in the pudding. Um, this just happens to be um, uh, public development, so we know more about it than we wouldn't than we right. would have. So if they just straight up drop this in a year, year and a half, I, I would say, and nobody knew about it, I would say that it would be earth shattering in that respect. A lot of us, we all we all see it coming, but. Over the course of the next few patches, we've got stunning releases. We've got uh, an expansion into uh, a new uh, new zone and new clothing uh, and uh, some more stability in this patch. Uh, we've got Star Marine and help me out here, Gleep. What else do we have coming in 2.6? We've got... Grim Hex. Well, uh, Star Marine is what we know. Yeah. Well, so, and Grim Hex, the, uh, the other zone that you mentioned. What's well, in 2.5? It's 2.5, right. man. Oh, that is? Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so you've got Star Marine, and uh, there's some other stuff that obviously they're not talking about. And then 2.7, you've got procedurally generated planets. And by the end of the year, the goal, and, I, and we talked about this previously, by the end of the year, Chris has said the goal is to have the entirety of Stanton online and connected. Interesting. Which, Very interesting. ladies and gentlemen, is only five months away. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the, that exactly. I, I will say this. Um, what I am not quite as as uh, sold on Star Citizen's proper development as making a huge cultural splash yet because it is still an ongoing thing and it's it's slowly getting there. But I feel like 
if there's going to be a major cultural splash, it's going to be with Squadron 42. And if they can if they can knock that out of the park, I feel like that would be the thing that that establishes the Star Citizen universe as as the third leg really? in, in science fiction. Oh yeah, interesting. If a good if a, if a good story can capture the public's attention, especially the gaming public's attention, then a, then it becomes immortalized. I mean, look at the Halo franchise. I mean, because I mean, you're I mean, in order to do something like that, you, well, I was just going to mention that what you're talking about is pulling a Halo or a Mass Effect off. Really, well, to, to pull, what you're talking about would be more like pulling a Halo, a Halo One off. You know, Halo One was, I mean, I would argue is is a gaming. I don't know what you call that. Well, it was it was it, a it was, it was a, a confluence of established ideas in a single discrete package, uh, with a with a very uh, compelling story to boot that changed the way gaming was 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 uh, viewed. I mean, a lot of the the gaming systems that were in Halo were appearing in other games. But the games either weren't very good, or they weren't terribly well polished, or they didn't have a very good story. And then Halo managed to put all of these things together, and then release them in a discrete single unit, and it saved the Xbox basically single-handedly. Okay. I think I, I think well, they launched the Xbox. I think with Squadron Forty Two, I think we're talking more Half Life, Half Life One, Half Life Two. That, really, the, the legacy that is Half Life. I think right. that's what we're going to see. Um, with Squadron Forty Two and oh. and the Persistent Universe, man, and that's and that's where I that's where I come from. I, I feel like the Persistent Universe is is a little bit more esoteric that the rest of the gaming public will slowly get used to the idea or will yeah. warm up to it. But that Squadron Forty Two, yeah. if done right, will be a major splash. And Warcraft, yeah, I mean, see, yeah. MMOs are a thing. I'm just, I'm well, not no, feeling. I, like... I agree with you, but but the the public is sort of inured to to MMOs. In a large scale, at this point, okay, well, yeah, no, l- l- and nobody's nobody's going to be World of Warcraft. Let me, it's yeah, well, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things. No one will beat World of Warcraft except Blizzard. It's basically right. yeah. But okay, take that off the table for a second. Here's my my take on that. The key you have to keep in mind is the same thing with fantasy. Is it science fiction, especially high science fiction, which is what this is to some extent, is very much a uh, I'm sorry, he keeps typing and then I can't stop looking. Okay, it's very much a uh, a uh, a niche group. So in order to keep that, I don't know, keep that interesting, or to keep it interesting for more people, or even market to more people, you've got to have some. Jimmy, you got to stop moving that thing, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> Playing with the show notes, I keep seeing it out of the corner of my eye, and I'm trying not to look. Uh, Squadron Forty Two. It's going to be sold as a space sim. I'm just going to be sold as a spite a, a space flying space fighter game. I would agree. Okay, it's worth well, pointing out oh. though that we have games like Mass Effect that have been sold on have been a fairly esoteric, fairly uh, dense universe, and it's those characters that people latch on. It is to the characters, the but it's, it was a cover shooter. Well, with and RPG keep in, stuff. Keep in mind too that let in. From my perspective, when I talk about it being you know that third leg, it's not. I don't mean that necessarily culturally. I, I mean that more in in the genre. Oh, see, we've uh, moved Star, on. I was talking yeah, about Star, gaming well, I was in say, Star Trek took sci-fi to a, an entirely different place genre genre wise, um, and and content wise, genre and content wise. Um, Star Wars did the same thing, genre and content. Star Citizen, in my opinion, will do the same thing in gaming. It will take it'll take 
the MMO um, and even the standalone game to a whole nother level. So what you're saying if, is it's going to it's going to be the what Warcraft was to Final Two fantasy gaming. Yes, yes. make it so and, 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 and make it a not, normal thing. Right, and it may not you know it may not have you know what, what was uh, WoW at its peak like. Fifty million people, or forty million people, like some twelve. It was like scene. twelve or fifteen. I twelve think. or thirteen. Like, yeah. like thirteen billion people, right? Oh, like the, yeah. like the, the population of the planet. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, everyone in China. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I, I don't know if if Star Citizen will capture that same level of of uh, of following, but I do think that it will be an earth's shattering, game changing event for gaming. I can see that. Well, I guess my, my issue is that that Star Citizen because trying to move on. so Ace. okay yeah gotta let it go. All right. Fair enough. Put the ball down. All right, so we have we have good talk. The three guys. stars. Good talk. Okay, we have the three stars. <laughs> Which franchise do you see your character in Star Citizen best fitting into? Wait, Star Wars or Star Trek, and why? That's easy. Star I'll, Wars. Go, I'll, I'll go first because it's easy. Uh, Star Wars, Han Solo, Smugglers, yes. Yeah, yeah. Same with me. Star Wars. I'm a, I'm a fighter pilot through and through. Red, you know, Rogue Squadron. Um, I'm gonna go with Star Trek because I want to be Data. <laughs> no, wait, no. I want to be the evil twin Data. What was his name? Feelings. More feelings. More, data. There it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the guy I want to be. How was that for a pull? Yeah, well done. For Damn, right? You, nice. you came out nice. nowhere. All right, so, but well, why? I what, mean, but I what mean, about you, Gleep? What about you? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go step over onto the correct side with, with Mark uh, to Star Trek. Um, because the, the first Star Wars movie was my introduction to space sci-fi. And like, as you were saying, Jimmy, the, the special, it was so groundbreaking in, in the special effects. But shortly thereafter, um, I, my imagination was captured by reruns of the Star Trek television show. Um, it used to come on. It was in reruns at that point, And it was on every day at 5 o'clock. Uh-huh. I remember and, that. And um, I, was, I was between uh, employment positions at the time. And I used to, every day, with, uh, um, um, with my uh, then Mrs. Gleep, um, uh, watch, sit down on the on the couch and watch it, and it was really really cool, and it really got me into sci-fi. I started reading sci-fi novels and stuff um, uh, like that at that point, um, and uh, it's the Star Wars universe. To my thinking, is, is like it's like one big story. Um, it's a fairly simple story of good versus evil, I think. Um, and, of course, there are shades of gray within each side of, of, um, of that story. Uh, but the overall narrative is, you know, heroic resistance versus uh, uh, evil empire. Um, the Star Trek universe, on the other hand, is more a collection of individual stories. So, you know, featuring and supporting roles, of, of course, um, individuals who are frequently just living their lives. For um, an example that, um, that keeps coming to my mind is the miners of Janus 6. I don't know if you remember that episode in their encounter with the Horta. Uh-huh, I do. Uh-huh. Okay. So um, I see my character as being a participant in the Star Citizen universe at that level. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a Luke. I'm not a Han. I, nor am I a Poe. Um, maybe I'm a Bones. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that might be um, kind of exciting. But maybe I'm just, you know, I'm just a simple country doctor, Jim, uh, working on, a, on an asteroid where, um, you know, uh, uh, giant space boogers are, are chasing the miners around. It's interesting you should that, say that. 
Yeah, I think that's that. You, you kind of hit a note there in terms of it being it's my day to day. Star Trek was my day to day. Used to watch it with. Right. Used to sit down and watch it. Uh, I think either one or two nights a week with my older brother. Everyone else went to bed. We were allowed to stay up and watch it at ten or like nine and wait till ten or whatever it was. So that's funny. Yeah. So that I, was my. I used, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I used the same thing. I used to sit like um, my my dad and I before my mom and dad got divorced. I was ten when they separated. But one of my fondest memories as a kid was laying on the floor eating cookies. And I remember this clear as day because I did it all the time. Laying on the floor eating cookies while my dad was back in the recliner and we would watch Star Trek. And yep. he, he loves the original series. And that was a thing with him and I was we always, we really bonded over yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, so indeed. It's it, interesting that you mentioned that because I'm obviously, I guess I'm, I'm a little younger, but... Um, I didn't get my exposure to Star Trek until college when I saw it on uh, reruns on Spike. Um, next gen or the original series? Next gen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've never I've I've never seen the original series except for the movies. Yeah. I've never watched wow. the actual yeah, TV Incidentally, series. next wow. gen is what I was talking about when we watched. We used to watch. The oh, time. okay. And then no, I was talking. I was Voyager talking some other stuff too. I um, have watched yeah, most for, of the other one too. I grew I, up. I think with, Gleep, you were talking about the original series too, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Gleep and I are, are, are the old school. I do remember um, I was in high school when uh, Next Gen came out, and I loved Next Gen. Yeah. Uh, see, I grew up with watching the Star Wars movies repeatedly, and then I played all of the Star Wars games, all the Dark Forces and X Wing and Tie Fighter. So I, I, you know, I lived the Star Wars universe much in the same way that you guys watched Star Trek day to day. I, I played a lot of those games, you know. Everything from the Super Nintendo to N64, you know, uh, Shadows of the Empire, all the way up to present day. I mean, I still yeah. play Star Wars games now. It's funny because I lived, I lived in Star Wars Galaxies. Sure. When, yeah. when that game went live, that was like, you know, uh, that was the universe I lived in. And so, yeah, so I kind of, I have a foot in both camps. But at the end of the day, for me, yes, it's definitely living in, in the Star Wars universe. Definitely where I would go. But I totally get... Where both of you guys are coming from for start with Star Trek, especially um, you know both uh, the original series and Next Generation. Yeah, well, I think that the the key that what it amounts to is is that this one feels the world they're, they're building doesn't feel as gritty and as low tech as kind of Star Wars is. And by low, the, the, I think the, kind the, of low the tech. The term that they used for the movies was a used future. There you go. That's a good yeah. example. Kind of a yeah, kind of a gritty kind of yeah, slightly falling apart kind of feel to it. Versus well, think- versus kind of the high tech, the, the 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 chrome plating, the you know the very you know the curved lines, sorts of things like that. I mean, it's it's in Star Trek. I mean, it really just kind of portrays a very neat and orderly world, and that's what this kind of appears to be. But that's the point, you know. The last uh, last year's the Roman Empire; they're kind of going for a kind of a fall. So I think it's going to really depend on how they play the Vanduul. You know how those I think, really affect people. Yeah. But, well, but I what think, about your character? What about? I mean, you know, it's can you can you be um, Luke Skywalker every time you log in, or do you have to be something a little well, less? Well, here's he, a question. He was a moisture. He was a moisture farmer before he became yeah, he a fighter pilot. Yeah. Let's be honest. Well, here's he a question, like Gleep. He was, yeah, you, he was he was a lousy moisture farmer, but still. Did you did you ever play any of the Wing Commander games? Um, or, a little bit, or yeah. Freelancer. So mm-hmm. it's worth pointing out that Tony Blair, or not Tony Blair, but uh, Commander the Blair, 
prime minister of. What's he doing in that universe? so so. I was hoping you were going to say. Wait, are talking about Brexit now? I'm so confused. The last name of the the last name of the character in the Wing Commander games is Blair, Lieutenant Lieutenant Blair. Um, he's not he's not the best pilot in the the fleet. He was a pretty good pilot, but he was never the best. He only mm-hmm. became the best in the later in the later games, three and four. But in the first two games, he was you know just a general pilot. And in, and in X Wing Alliance, uh, you start out as a member of the Azamine shipping family. You aren't you know part of Rogue Squadron. You aren't. Uh, so I mean, you can you can have that heroic experience, but not necessarily be the chief heroes of the, of the saga. Right, but but uh, so we're talking, but we're in the, in the case of Wing Commander, you're talking about a scripted game. We're, we're, you know, if if you're talking about the persistent universe, where basically you have to construct your own narrative. Um, can can I throw a compromise out here for for all parties concerned? Sure, certainly. Firefly. Yeah. Well, good point. Good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. You know that that's interesting because I had mentioned this question last night uh, at the meetup to Amontillado, and that was uh, I said, um, you know, app or chocolate or vanilla, and he said strawberry. Firefly. <laughs> there you go. So yeah. if you think about it, though, uh, Firefly does a really good job of kind of combining both worlds. Um, or both universes, I should say, because they do have the the kind of the outer rim worlds, the 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 wild wild west aspect of it, but then they've also got the merging of cultures, where the where Asian culture and um, Anglo Saxon culture um, mm-hmm. merge very seamlessly. Um, the alliance is very much like uh, the Federation, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily in tone, but in look and appearance. Very structured, very well organized. The ships are very clean and very shiny. Uh, so I, I would say that Firefly is probably a good compromise in this debate. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and, and, and it's worth pointing yeah, out that, it's, it's that yeah, yeah sure. definitely some caveats. Yeah. Well, it's worth pointing out that Mal as a character and his ship. They don't want to be in the limelight. They don't want to be the right. superhero. They, but they, they are, are living, still yep, living in that verse. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I think kind of um, uh, what I was getting at as a, a a real difference between the two franchises is that I see um, Star Trek at its core being a collection of many narratives supporting one universe. Whereas Star Wars, on the other hand, it's one overarching narrative supported by many specifically cast characters. That's true. And yeah. I'm just want, wondering which one our day-to-day characters is going to best fit into. And I'm not, I'm not saying that there's a correct answer, except that Mark and I are correct. Um, um, <laughs> now, the correct, the correct answer is Firefly. <laughs> well, and we're pointing out that in a lot of games, uh, a lot of a lot of MMOs these days, your character is not the hero, but you are part of or associated with the heroes. Guild Wars does mm-hmm. that. Yeah, you are not Destiny's Edge, but you are on the periphery and you are present at the battles that they are at, and mm-hmm. you follow their story. Mm-hmm. I would argue that, that is only partially true. I think really, if you're going to talk about it in terms of MMOs, you really need to go go to WoW first and then digress yeah. to others. Because it, it right. really, yeah, is, talk, the, talk it about really being, is the elephant in the room, regardless. Yeah, so, and talk about well, being a bit player in a bigger story. And that is well, that's, that's, always that's true you in are WoW always too. the hero. No, oh, you are always well, the hero. I mean, yeah, they have the thrall and the other guys, and you know, kind of they're doing stuff. I was going to say but, you have you have the characters, and you sort of like make up the army that does the things that they are doing. But yeah, I mean, not, well, whatever. If that's you, that's really digressing. I think I, you, I, I understand what you're saying. I think to some point you're, you're right. Um, 
God, this is this is great. This is like the Superman versus Batman right. from when I was in, the, in kindergarten. <laughs> yeah, I love it, oh, man. It comes in. That really doesn't matter. But do you like superheroes or do you like sweet gadgets? Obviously, the answer <laughs> exactly. is sweet gadgets. Come on, so totally sweet. Gadgets. I'm never going to be a superhero, but I could possibly be Batman. That's true. It's got to lift heavy things. Gadget. But uh, no. All right. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed the discussion, and I'm I imagine Gleep, you did not expect it to the discussion to be quite as deep as it ended up being. Well, it was one of my discussions, so of course I did. <laughs> All right. Well, it was just sort of fun to think, you know. I mean, because I, I watched the, um, uh, you know, I saw the saw the, the Star Trek movie, and was, you know, of course, we're hot off the um, uh, the heels of um, of Episode Seven, uh, anxiously awaiting uh, the release of Rogue One. And, and speaking of Rogue One, I heard a rumor that uh, Squadron Forty Two will be advertised. With Rogue One, wow, that what? would be huge. That's I, huge. I Where did you hear no, that? No, I have the internet. Oh, um, okay, um, but um, or or on a podcast, I can't remember which one. If that They're rumor turns out to be true, that is in, that's insane. Well, it's the perfect marketing. I mean, really, if you're going to spend your money, Mark that's where yeah. spend that's, it. that really, really is. exactly. Well, they have yeah. an in. I mean. Mark Hamill is tied to both franchises. If, if anyone's going to put a good word in, Luke Skywalker is not a bad sales pitch. Oh, absolutely. And he, we know that he's on board. We know that he's excited about the project. So, right. Um, that's, I think that's a good idea. You know who I didn't realize um, in, is in Squadron 42 um, is Sir Davos from Game of Thrones. Yep. 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 Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know him by his uh, by his Christian. I, I actually didn't know that either. That's very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would have it had you yeah. looked at the uh, the pictures for two point the two point six two point seven uh, stuff that the, whoever it was did the interview with the, at the Frankfurt Studio went through a bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, you know what? He was yeah, in the, that's yeah, his right. Characters in the pictures. I mean, there's been mm-hmm. some that's other stuff. Right. I've known. I've known this for several months, I guess, because I, I saw one at one point like a half done portrait. I was like, oh, that's Sir Davos. Yeah, because the dude's got a very very yeah, very, very uh, yeah, distinctive very face. Yeah, he really yeah, he does. He's chiseled out some kind of great character face there. I don't know how he did it, but good job, you. <laughs> Sand sandblasting. Sandblasting. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, well, basically, it was just like chainsaws and sandblasting. I mean, Hollywood's little secrets. Yep. It's like ice carving. Exactly. Same difference. <laughs> All right. Well, so yeah, I, I think it's um, you know it's an interesting idea. Um, you know, uh, Monty and I were also uh, uh, discussing last night. Uh, you know, who who is your character in in, in the universe? You know, and uh, I realized uh, because of, of my um, my frequent melting, uh, the backstory I had constructed for myself just doesn't fit anymore because I don't have the ships to support it. So I gotta I gotta write a new story for you, myself. You know, might roll. end up being I might end up being more Starship Troopers. Oh, there you, you go. Know, that's right. an excellent thing. Yeah. Because I'll be honest with you. I mean, how much fun does that sound, Leap? You can be flying the transport, dropping us in, blowing mm-hmm. the hell, raiding, up some raiding, guys. Uh, raiding Vandal planets. Raiding Vandal hey. planets, mm-hmm. right? Bugs. Co-ed showering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, right. Mark. Hey, Mark. Like a good bug is a dead bug. Yeah. Would you like to know more? <laughs> would you like Would you like to know more? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very cool. Well, guys, um, well, that was uh, that was fun. Um, but uh, we do have other business to get to. Um, so I know, um, Ace, you wanted to talk about uh, the Arma. Um, are we in the loop this week? Or we should do it just for old time's sake. Loop. Looking at my monitor, I do that loop. 
Well, that was uh, satisfying. Let's. Uh, so uh, we chatted uh, yesterday. You wanted to uh, talk about the Arma. Um, just briefly to mention that um, that people are trickling in to the servers. Uh, we got mm-hmm. a bunch of people show up and. and uh, Exile and uh, and people are gearing up for the MCC server. I've gotten getting people uh, configured. Got a lot of requests on Steam for the list of mods, which is nice to know that it is uh, considerably dropped in size and complexity. Um, mm-hmm. I also do think we should update our um, post on the forums for um, what we're going to do. Are we are we doing a forum report today? We're going to do that. Uh, we are. Okay, I have stuff for that as well. So we'll discuss that later. But um, I am beginning to uh, run curated missions, and I would love to see more people show up, uh, both on weekends and weeknights. Um, I do have some stuff to to do, sort of like a loose loose set of missions that can basically flow from one to the next uh, that I've been working on, and I would love to do those with you guys. So hit me up on Steam uh, and let me know if you're interested in joining. So otherwise, I have uh, a more... Uh, in depth in the loop segment. Ah, well, uh, now just before we we leave the Arma, um, you definitely you can get all the mods you need now off of Steam except for the two RHF ones, right? Three, three, three RHS. Yes. However, RHS. However, right. they had they just had an update last week, I believe. Last week they had an update four point ooh, man four point one point one I believe. Yep. In their in their next patch, which is four point two, whenever that happens, usually it's every month or so, every couple months, depending on, on how they're doing. Uh, they said they are going to go ahead and release it to Steam Workshop as well to download. Oh, so once yeah. they do that, everything we have will be on Steam. Uh, we really really slimmed down the server. Um, we don't have hardly anything on there now. So because they you know the the expansion brought a lot of things that we were missing into the, the vanilla version, mm-hmm. so that helped out a lot. So. Yeah, expect that to be on Steam, in which case, really, we'll just be, you know, really all you'll have to do is literally find the server, find a friend that's on the server, find someone that will give you the IP address, whatever, uh, which I need to update, actually, Mm -hmm. and then it'll, you'll just, you'll you'll see what you need to download. You can start downloading it and then walk away for however long it takes you to download 10 gigabytes of crap, and you'll be good to go, unfortunately. But that's about how big it is, really, because probably, no, not, not 10, what, maybe 7 Seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. Most. Unfortunately, Arma mods are huge. So, what are you going to do? But they'll take yeah. care of it. All right. Well, cool. Okay. Well, um. So, Ace, uh, what else you got going on in the loop? All right. So, we're finally dusting the uh, the uh, uh, dust, I guess. Dusting, uh, dusting the dust. dust. What else would you yeah. dust? Jelly. Yeah. Brushing <laughs> brushing the dust off of this one. Uh, discussion about the Van Duel. And I figure. Um, uh, even more so than before, I feel like this is uh, uh, pertinent to Star Citizen uh, in the greater whole with Gamescom right around the corner. I have a strong suspicion that we're probably going to see some Squadron 42 stuff at uh, Gamescom and or CitizenCon. So, I think CitizenCon. Yeah. Yeah. Says Gamescom. We, we, we talked about that in the last episode. Um, I, I'm hoping for a release date at Gamescom, but I think... I'll have to defer to Gleep's better judgment, and we'll probably see that at um, CitizenCon. Yeah, I'm expecting okay. you know who's going to be there to see that. Which I will all, be of at too. all of us. Uh, yeah. All By the way, us. Jimmy, we got to talk because I need to figure out what dates I need to set my flights for because I got to get that stuff ordered. So I got to find yeah, out. Yeah, totally. I, I listen. Like I said, you know, Jimmy's car service. Uh, it's a Mini Cooper, so pack light. <laughs> all I need is move for backpack, <laughs> and I'm good. That's all I need. <laughs> 
so the discussion that I wanted to, to uh, dive into was discussion about the Vanduul, sort of an overview of what they were, uh, where we think they're headed, what their the themes are, and what you guys, what your impressions of the Vanduul are. So without further ado, a short dossier on said species. Um, our first contact, and what year is it, uh, Gleep? What year are we now? 29. We're, we're in 2946, but so, the, uh, we first encountered the Vanduul in 2681. 26, yep. So it's been 265 years that we've been fighting this off and on. Um, they're the fourth alien species we've had contact with, um, and they are the least we know about. Um, as far as what we do know, most of it is from captured Vanduul, captured Vanduul ships, um, and, uh, and what they have done to colonies, basically. Uh, they're a highly aggressive meritocracy. Uh, they tend to travel in single fleets or clusters, and they uh, seem to uh, form clans that, that are sometimes at war with each other. On rare occasions, Vandal have been seen fighting each other. Um, they are significantly larger than humans. Uh, I've, if you've seen any of the artwork that shows pictures, they're akin to elites from the Halo universe in terms of yeah. dramatic height difference for the average human. Um, they're highly intelligent. They're able to... Obviously, they have uh, science to some degree because they're able to craft starships with original uh, and complex design. Um, and then, you know, lastly, I think the biggest, you know, most important part about from the UEE perspective is that they've been in a hot and cold war with the UEE. There's never been any sort of formal, uh, uh, dictated uh, declaration of war of any kind. It's not like, again, not like the Covenant, who, when after first meeting humanity, transmitted a, a message to humanity that said, we're going to kill you all now. Um, there's never been any sort of major communication between the Vandal and humans, and any attempts to uh, start negotiations have ended pretty horrifically, uh, usually mm. with the Vandal slaughtering human embassies of any kind. Um it's not nice. No, no. They're, they're they're just they're just angry. They're angry. Yeah. They need a hug. They just well, need a good hug. Well, you might be careful about that. Uh, the one thing that the Vanduul do carry, and that is their only seems to be their only personal possession, is uh-huh. a knife. They will uh, cut you. Yeah, so be careful about those hugs. Maybe maybe wear some armor for that. And and you do not want to have one of those knives on you if you're captured or in the presence of Vanduul. They will tear you to shreds. Yeah, it's considered like a major the, offense. Yeah, but I would, major offense. I think we've already established though that if you're in the presence of Vanduul, they're going to kill you anyway. Though it's not necessarily. Um, it's been pointed out that generally speaking, they not they're not as concerned with bitter conquest again like the covenant which are sort of single-minded in their pursuit and destruction of humans whereas the vandal tend to be more interested in simply uh, resources um if ships are fleeing a combat zone unless there's a military reason that requires that destruction they may ignore it entirely in favor of say scouring a planet uh vandal ships have been known to loiter in systems that they've conquered for a year or so while they basically strip a planet of its resources before moving on. Um, I am Locutus of Vandal. Right, yeah, so yeah. like a locust type of thing versus a... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah okay. they kind of just... Yeah, there's not, they're not necessarily a warring race per se. It's really more of, if you have this, we want it, and we're taking it. Right, exactly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're not necessarily as, as, as uh, in-depth about their pursuit of humanity, but it, it does bear question as to why 
they have singled us out because their re- their response to other races is different. Um, the the Jian they're kind of indifferent with. They they don't really like them, and and they don't like the Jian. But but both species tend to steer clear of each other. They will trade with the Banu on a precarious fashion. I mean, the Vandal clearly the Vandal are not to be trusted as a group or individually. You know, you you deal with them as much as you absolutely need to, and that's it as far as the Banu are concerned. But they will trade with them. But with humans, for whatever reason or not, maybe we've they've decided we're the the weaklings of the galaxy or what uh but they have decided to go after us pretty exclusively yeah we're squishy well it makes sense i mean look at the Xi'an. the Xi'an are a giant you know established long-lived empire i imagine that doesn't look nearly as viable a target as humanity does i like it that when they reach adulthood they get banished from their families yep yeah Yeah, it's it's a school yeah, yeah school of life of hard knocks yeah, when you reach, but, but they do get that nice knife to take. Yeah, that's oh, the, yeah, the only possession. The only possession. Yeah. yeah, and they had. Yeah, because I was. You said it was a meritocracy, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. You get that knife, and that's it. And so it doesn't matter if you were the the son of a chieftain or the son of a dock worker. Uh, you can rise to the top of the ranks, but it all has to be done by you. Not you know, no helping hands. Um, it's worth pointing out. Then, then the last thing is that, and you mentioned this earlier, um, that the as a general universe from a larger perspective that this is sort of based around the Roman Empire and the fall of the Roman Empire and the Va- the Vanduul tend to play the role of the Gauls and the Visigoths as the attacking invading forces that eventually cause the Western Roman Empire and Rome to be sacked um, so and that's where I, f- I feel like at some point in the long term span of Star Citizen we're going to see Earth get attacked and, and the capital oh, yeah. will move to Terra like it did with the Roman Empire Mm. Yeah, that does seem like they're kind of setting that up. But um, we, I mean, we've overlooked the most coolest thing about the Vanduul. Their ships, for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. They, they've, got, they've got really neat uh, ships. Uh, they are very partial to uh, more physical means of destruction, not just with guns, but they have a, a preference for slicing things apart. Um, and I think I feel like they're the only ship in Star Citizen that has a melee-based weapon of any kind. Mm-hmm. Well, what about the the kingship? It's three thousand meters long. Yeah, I, that's it's, it's massive. Yeah, I did see, but that's, that's they're going on. That's almost three kilometers. They're going on one of those. What do they call those? The uh, not community um, generation ship. Is that what they call them? Yeah, Where yeah. They're they're basically it's the it's the heart of the clan. Yeah, it's it's a ma- and those things were what they were three or four times the size of a bangle or something like that, weren't they? I remember oh, seeing yeah. some kind three of size kilometers. comparison. A bangle, a bangle is supposed to be roughly one kilometer long. Okay. So. Yeah, because I remember seeing some kind of size comparison and seeing a bangle and that against it and being like, wow, bangle's huge. This thing's, this thing's big. Real big. Yeah, they're, they are, well, and they basically field the entire clan. That's from where everything else comes. Right. It, it, you know, I feel like if you saw one of those in orbit, it would look a little bit like one of Kerrigan's swarm ships from StarCraft. Just one ship from which a, a swarm of smaller vessels descends onto a planet's surface. So, uh, and then they, it's interesting to point out that they they do use projectile weapons. I was digging through some of the research on the Vandal. They talk about how uh, it seems to be that most of the weapons are energy-based, but that on some, some colony raids that they were able to find evidence of uh, projectile casings of alien origin. So they do use... Uh, 
either either mass driven or gas propelled uh you know actual hard hard physical bullets so it'll be interesting at some point at some point we may get vanduul uh hand-to-hand weapons that we may be able to use talk about a, hmm. a secondary weapon set for star citizen fps interesting we, machete or something only if they play the star trek uh, original series star trek fight music um the one interesting thing is that they there is no known homeworld as far as uee records claim which interests me because there has to have been a world where they had to have evolved from because if you think about the way space flight is achieved you have to come together to some degree to get out of your your planet's gravity so they had to have had some major centralized government uh, government at some planet somewhere. It, it seems it, that they just, they've just you know evolved also, or moved past it. It's also entire, entirely possible that they were a nomadic species on their planet, and maybe an alien race crashed there. And you know what I mean? Like, and maybe they developed their technology, technology from, from that. that. And since they were uh, since they were in a nomadic period of time. Uh, or you know, in their evolution, it was still a very nomadic period. Um, they just continued along with that, like, okay, well, now we've got spaceships, so let's, you know, now we're, th- we're going out into space. Do you think um, it's possible that they may have stripped their own world? I was going to say, more than likely, I would say it's more along the lines of, yeah, of course, it could just be a, a situation stripped, where, yeah, yeah, they've simply, you know, out, uh, you know, out, what is it, uh, used up all their resources. And their technology, you know, didn't drive past the point where they were able to sustain themselves. So they have to continuously, in order to produce, you know, it's one of those things where it's kind of self, uh, self, uh, fulfilling. Uh, self fulfilling. Thank you. Where you simply yeah, just, prophecy. you know, you go, you, you've done this before, you keep doing it because in order to change it would take more resources than it would to just keep doing what you're doing. Well, so. maybe they steal their technology. Maybe maybe mm. the technology that they have use of, they never came up with any of it themselves. Maybe it's all technology that was taken from uh, from worlds that they conquered. That's possible. Although yeah. I wonder, I wonder, you know, their style is very unique. You look at you look at a, a, a kingship, and it looks nothing like some of the concept art we've seen for Jian or Banu ships. And the Jian have that very uh, homeworld-esque style vertical vessels, and you see none of that with the uh, the Vanduul. Yeah. There could be other other races that That's or true. other species that we true. haven't. I mean, like Tavaran. We don't know what any of the Tavaran. Oh man, get on that. Or the or the on the uh, far side of the Jean, the Gian, the Karthak. We don't know what their stuff looks like either. Yeah, yeah we don't even know what they look like. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's possible. The other theory that I've I've heard, and this is the theory that that it's just a pet theory. I don't know how true it actually is, but it interests me. Is the theory that they the reason that we've they've encountered us and that that they are so eager to take out humanity is that they are running from something on the other side, and that's it. That's kind of oh, yeah. winter's coming, right? Yeah, Which just, yeah. just leads well, all kinds of other possible in, story arcs. The 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 concept for me comes from the, uh, Halo, uh, the the forerunners' first encounters with humans uh, was a human forerunner war. Uh, and then when that ended, the Forerunners realized that the reason the humans were pushing into Forerunner territory was not necessarily because they wanted to kill Forerunners, but because they were running from the Flood. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that was what caused the Forerunners to fall apart, was then the Flood showed up and took care of the rest of the galaxy for them. So I'm like, if the Vandu are running from something, what are they running from? And what's that going to be like? I'd say, judging by 
it's possible, and that'd be why they couldn't find a home world, is because they're, you know, they've all simply split off and run, and, you know, it's kind of those, uh, you know, split up uh, in hopes of surviving. You know, someone might survive because maybe they won't follow everyone sort of things. I guess that's possible. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Stable. Like I said, it's, it's totally a pet theory, yeah. and there's nothing to support it. Yeah. I, but it seemed interesting that they were expanding into human territory, and there doesn't there doesn't seem to be a a reason for doing so, and there's no diplomacy or, or reasoning as to why it's happening. They're just pushing into our territory. It's hot pockets. Obviously, hot pockets. <laughs> hot pockets. Oh, man. So if only the messers had thought, let's let's offer them hot Those pockets. Those pudding give, pops. Yeah, Ooh. ended it all right there. <laughs> well, you know, one of the coolest things about the Vanduul um, is that they live in a very low-gravity environment. So they may be huge, but they they jump around like crazy. I mean, it's going to be like you know, Seda Ball against um, the Lakers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's or interesting it's to so you know, I wonder if that's part of the reason why they don't uh, colonize uh, human worlds, but they just strip them bare. Well, it's hard that to put they, down roots when you have no gravity. Well, yeah. or that well, I say that it might put down roots with no gravity. Well, as I say, they, the worlds might be inhospitable for long time or long term. Uh, 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 colonization. It might of, be that because think of how much. Well, you say think of how much slower they might move on, right. on a, on a, a Earth centric uh, planet. You know, planet with similar gravity. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's worth you know they talk about if we were ever to land on any of the, the planets in our solar system that had uh, enhanced gravity, or if you were to live, you know, be born and live on the moon and then travel to Earth all the complications that come from living in a, a much lower gravitational environment and then moving to a higher one, how much trouble that is. I mean, we see that already with people that live on the ISS and come down to Earth. They have a lot of trouble adapting to get to Earth gravity again. They've only been up for, what, a year, year and a half, maybe? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Somebody's be... backing up. Oh, that's outside. I apologize. Sorry, he's still backing up. He'll get there eventually. Yeah, you should go out there and yell at him. Just, just screaming, right? I'm doing a podcast. Shut up. Oh, I was just kidding. Don't really back, do Ace. it. <laughs> you don't strike me as a very large man, Ace. Don't do this. Just close the window. <laughs> just close the window. All right. Well, um, uh, uh, that was that was interesting, Ace. Yeah, I think it's it was uh, it's good to have dusted the dust off of that uh, off of that uh, topic because I think it's going to be important for us uh, coming forward uh, coming forward coming soon um, before too long because we will uh, see them I, I believe they are in um, well they have to be in um, in squadron 42 right well, that's that's Gary the main antagonist yeah got his uh, his uh, his pantaloons in a wad about um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to... Um, now, do you think that, kind of you know, going back to our previous conversation, do you think that once the PU launches, how often will we see these Vanduul? Or do you think that it'll be, you know, just the, the rare event uh, that we uh, run I into? I think we're going to have... I imagine it depends. It's going to depend greatly on where you are. Yeah. I was going to say, I think toward the border if you're regions, willing to, I think you're going yeah, to see a lot of them. Yeah, if you're willing to travel to Vanduul territory, you're probably going to see a lot of them. Uh, but if you if you stay in mostly UEE space, unless there is a major event that happens, I you know feel that's less likely. You know, of course, there is going to be at some point during the beta uh, operation Pitchfork, so mm-hmm. there will be a chance for lots of Vandal fighting, but uh, that's mm-hmm. still a ways off. 
given yeah given I was just imagining I mean like you know, other MMOs are we going to be getting a mission where it's like okay go out and kill five Vanduul come back and turn in uh maybe I, I you know I don't know it, it seems like I feel like the Vanduul as a large uh, organized threat will probably be saved for Squadron 42 and for the odd encounter in a mission. Oh, you think so? They, uh, I don't feel like... I don't... I, I think... Well, the worst thing you can do to an enemy is make them routine. See, I'm seeing I'm seeing border regions being a, per, perhaps very hard. I can see them being with large flights of Vandal flying through. With That's, like capital yeah. ships flying around, like being essentially like, you're going in here, you better bring your buddies along. That's um, kind of what I was thinking, too, uh, kind of along the same lines as Mark. If they're developing the AI the way that they're planning to develop the AI, uh, which is a very intelligent AI, both for um, the human NPCs and I'm assuming all the alien race NPCs, um, I think that Mark's absolutely right. I think that you will see lots of raids on the border planets, and I think that you will absolutely need to travel with buddies if you're going you know, anywhere near uh, the Vandal perimeter. Well, speaking of buddies, it's a good thing we have 323 of them. Hey, <laughs> hey. that was that was a nice yes. one. Good job. Classy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Potato Derp joined us uh, since last time. I love that name. Uh, he's also known as Neutral Chaos. I think, uh, have you guys, uh, I played with uh, Mr. Chaos uh, a couple times. Um, uh, fun to see him in game and uh, in the uh, organization. Um, also on the website, uh, he said, I'd like to join your org after playing with some of your members. Let that let that breathe. Phrasing. How many? Welcome, Neutral Chaos. How many Chaos. members was Good it? to have you, all of them. Oh. A, ba- a bag full. A ba- approximately a bag full. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Touche, sir. Randsome joined us, said, Hi, would love to affiliate with your org, as you guys seem to be a chill bunch of peoples who actually know how to fly. Would be glad to fly for you guys anytime. Well, welcome, you shall. And then today, Mr. Ted Butler joined us. He's a friend-o-turd. He got referred to, got referred by my buddy here at work, parens turd. Same person who got me into Star Citizen. I started playing Star Citizen on July 30th, 2016. So that means recently. Um, And so far, I love it. Not sure what I can bring to the org, but I'm willing to learn and earn my keep. Thank you. Welcome, Ted Butler. It's good to have you on board. Over on the website, Archangel joined us, as did Mr. Neutral Chaos, Ransom, Odd Luck, and Prophetics. Prophetics. I like that. Um, they all joined us, and it's good to have you on board. Welcome one, welcome all. Come out and play with us in game. Well, guys, um, what, do, are, what are we excited for? Star Citizen? Star Wars? Potato Pancakes? <laughs> 2.5, 5. released to the PTU. Yeah. 2.5, 2.5, 2.5. Come 2. on, 5. let's go to the PTU. Wait for those notes to pop 2. up. 2.5. It's, well, the avocados have a firm yeah. grip on it right yeah. now, so we're, we're hoping that it'll come to us common folk uh, sometime soon here. Uh, we're going to get ourselves a couple new ships. We're going to get us an Argo. We're going to get us a Reliant. We're going to get us a Grim Hex. Huh? Come on, get our new stuff. Fancy. Something. Uh-huh. When 2.5 goes live, you'll know where to find me. <laughs> In the verse? Shop guess? It, shopping Wait, at Grim oh, I'll be there with you. We'll try uh, hats together. You can check out my shoes. Oh, my God. It's going to be fabulous. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. <laughs> you t-shirts? Oh, my God. Skulls. Hello. Let's get some shoes. <laughs> boots. Go. That's right. We got, like that's that right. We got boots. Good 
Nice. I'm so excited about. Oh my boots. god, shoes. Yeah, some shoes. <laughs> well done. Wow, that's you're really good at that. Um, uh, just a, a quick bit of note. Uh, Solid SD wanted to make sure that it was mentioned that he is uh, doing last call for um, the phone cases for TGWS. Yes, yes, that, go check that out. That order is closing out at some point. That that form post will be taken down so we can solidify those orders and get them taken care of. So just make sure you get it out there. Now is your chance before things And also disappear. we want to mention too uh, thank you Ace we want to mention too that uh, Jamster123456 is organizing some in-game events to coincide with the five official days at Gamescom uh, so uh, he's got that uh, cool idea working so please uh, there will be a link in the show notes to his forum thread uh, we mentioned it on the last show but if you didn't hear that uh, go check it out um, so it's a, we, we know we're expecting a lot of exciting news coming out of Gamescom so what better way to celebrate that than to get into game now with uh, with all of your friends and play some Star Citizen mm-hmm. let me see your war face that's really good. Oh, hey, going back to the phone cases real quick, I do have to tell you guys, I wasn't allowed to tell you, but I feel like now I can since he's doing the order. Uh, he came and saw me. He happened to be in the same town with me. Uh, so we went out to dinner uh, one night about a month ago. I've been using one of, the, one of the Star Citizen cases, or one of the TGWS cases. He brought me one. Really? And? Awesome. And? Oh, there awesome. we go. Nice. It nice. looks fantastic. Yeah, nice. It's not overdone or anything like that. It looks. I got a black one with the, uh, what do you call it, UV print or something like that so it's kind of a colored print of it looks fantastic very i would buy one but i have my mophie it's a rechargeable battery case for my iphone so then just sad face don't be a girl and take it off every now and then use the sweet tgws one <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> i see it like a recharged. tgws like like a sticker for the back of my phone i'll be set yeah okay you do that we'll get we'll get you one of those too <laughs> this Aww. guy you have a lot of stickers on the back of your car too don't you nope mm-hmm on my computer, though. No. I got badges and stuff on my computer. Don't need no stinking badges. Don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> Please go to Engine.com. They are the quick, easy, and free solution for hosting your community website. That's E-N-J-I-N.com. Thank you, Ronald Jenkins, for letting us use your music. Uh, you can check him out at theronaldjenkins.com. I'm reading from the wrong script. <laughs> Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I mean, the first part was right. Be sure to check out Star Citizen, the base radio at radio.starcitizenbase.com, where you can find a broadcast of one of our shows every Saturday afternoon. Remember, we are now available on the Google Play Music. You can reach the podcast by email. We are at comms at versecast.org. On Twitter, we are at versecast. Be sure to use the hashtag TGWS. Our RSI Star Citizen organization can be found at robertspaceindustries.com slash orgs slash versecast. On Steam, we are those guys with ships. And please do be sure to check out our gaming community website. It is versecast.org, where you can find in our forums links to those things we were talking about on today's show, the phone case and Jamster's uh, uh, event organization thread. And uh, so go go uh, avail yourselves of those wonderful, wonderful things. Now is the time on Sprockets when we bounce. My name is Gleep, and all of my contact information is in the show notes. Jimmy? Touch my monkey. Touch my monkey. I want to touch our monkey. Okay. Uh, you can find uh, me most chatty over on Twitter at Jimmy Croker. Um, all of uh, my contact info is also in the show notes. Please email me. Uh, say hi. 
And uh, you can catch my show Quantum Drive on the bass every Thursday night uh, at uh, 9 p.m. and every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Mark, I was going to ask you now that you um, now that you've had an opportunity to listen to a few shows. What uh, what do you think? Oh, it's fantastic. I'm about halfway through the first season. I listen to it at work when I'm nice. supposed to be doing other things. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Quality time. Yeah, it's, it's it's my it's my me time. Excellent. I like it. No, no good night, Gracie tonight. Sad, sad. You can still. My say name it. is Ace. My well, no, not like it's it's wholly dependent upon Glee. <laughs> Ace is all butt hurt now. He's like, I no, know, right? no, I'm not gonna so, say it. No, uh, no, I'm just like wounded. You can bounce with a sprocket if you want. <laughs> I think just I'm take good. It for a walk. I think Glee, Glee can the keep sprockety bounce. Yeah, <laughs> Glee can keep bounce. his Glee can keep his bouncy sprockets. Wow. Uh, <laughs> my name is Ace Azamine. You can find most of my information in the show notes. Uh, however, I am most chatty here on TeamSpeak. Uh, come find me. Come say hello. Uh, I'd love to do stuff. Uh, run some missions for you guys. Uh, play some Star Citizen. Uh, just chat, play games, whatever. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's me. Mark? My name is Mark Madcow McWhiskerfotch. You can reach me at all the things that are in my show notes, hopefully. Uh... <laughs> As you use madcow1001 at gmail.com, honestly, is the best one to do. Uh, you can get you on madcow. That was with a K, by the way. Uh, there's no C in there at all. So I did have someone try to get a hold of me the other day, and they couldn't. And I had to explain to them, did you try K? They looked at me and said, oh, I guess I should. Yeah, you should. So do that. Madcow with a K, O-W, 1001 most of the time. If you can't find me on madcow, um, I'm in every game you could possibly think of, so there you go. Uh, other than that, geez, guys, I really don't have a good ad today. Um, mm. I'll be honest with you, got a new puppy, Basset Hound. A lot of fun. His, <gasps> is it his name is Hank. Totally adorbs. Totes adorbs. <laughs> Hank. Uh, I love does it. He sell, like, does, great name for yeah. Does he sell propane pack uh, products? <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe he should. Propane and propane products. I'll tell you what. <laughs> uh, everybody's got to do their Hank impersonation. Do your Hank impersonation. Okay, we all good? Bobby! Jimmy, you got one for me? No, I don't. Yeah. I refuse. Good man. <laughs> uh, other than that, so buy that man a polo yeah, shirt. Maybe next time I have a good one when I actually get sleep. But uh, at the moment, uh, oof, man, puppies—they pee a lot. Wow. See, I, I, right. I thought I thought you were going to talk about um, your your. Well, maybe you're not ready to talk about your new business. Your 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 Mark's uh, spicy Italian sausage. No, fire, the fire it up, stick whoa, it in your whoa, mouth. Whoa, not yet. Whoa, not yet. whoa, guy. Whoa. Okay, sorry. I was still coming up with a good punchline for that. The, the tagline. I was trying to figure out, like, you know, do you do animated? Do you do claymation? Ooh, you know, claymation. think about that. That's, Imagine that, a spicy sausage little... claymation. Think about that. I like yeah. it. I think it's good. I think it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to animate I, I, I frame see a tie in with big bennies. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. So there we go. All right, gentlemen. All right. Mad Cow's wow. massive sausage. <laughs> Mad Cow's massive sausage for you and all your family together. Stick it in your face hole. <laughs> stick it. Stick it in that face hole. <laughs> Until next time, then, we are those guys with ships, and this has been our community podcast. See you guys. Bye. Do we have to? Oh, we're talking about sausage. Yeah. It's delicious. By the way, did any of you guys have a boar's head sausage from where you're at? Yes. Head meats. Uh, it turns out it's one of my friends is one of the marketing people for, for boar's head. Uh, like the majority of boar's heads, wherever they are, they have a chicken sausage. Chicken apple sausage, man. Where's that?
I once had rattlesnake and rabbit sausage. Ooh, I've had deer sausage. That's nice. I ate goat once. I do not recommend that. I had pig's brains once. I do not recommend that.